If anybody's lost an earring, it's up here with my wife. You can open up your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. And uh, we'll do our announcements at the end, but uh, we do have something very exciting coming up this weekend. Amen? Our marriage enrichment event, it's going to be a great time. We've been praying, we've been fasting, we've been reaching out, we've been advertising, we've been working hard towards it. So let's pray right now, and uh, we'll get into our class, and we'll have our closing announcements at the end. Dear God, we thank you, Father, for all the ways that you've watched over us as a church and all the ways that you guide us and lead us. Help us in our hearts to continue to grow in our faith and uh, just see the victories that can be wrought when we stand out there and let our light shine for you, Lord God. We pray, Father, that as we've been working towards this event, that men and women will come that want to have a great married life, Lord God, and that they see that it really only comes through following what you're teaching in us in our word, Lord God, how we can be like Christians and be like that towards each other, Lord God. We pray, Father, that lives will be changed and people will be brought towards you and that it will be a great and encouraging time. Uh, We pray for uh, Jeff, give him great words to say, and for everyone that's serving and helping out in Florence and just as they come and, and try to inspire us and encourage us and give us vision, that even us here in this room will be called higher in our marriages, Lord God, and grow and become what you envision us to be like. We pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. I do really want to encourage everybody take advantage of this opportunity. If you're a married person or you know some married people, take full advantage of this. If you haven't yet registered for that, the dinner dance, we're keeping count through Kevin's email. So it's creativedisciple at gmail.com, spelt with a K, because Kevin's creative, and he's a disciple at gmail.com. Creativedisciple at gmail.com. Amen? We'll have the other closing announcements at the end, and uh, we had some really good and cool stuff. But if we look at the first slide there, in Joshua chapter 1, okay, the, the mission. You know, we've been on a journey, haven't we? been exciting you know our mission as christians is to see an amazing and thriving church right and we've prayed for god to open doors to create opportunities to make things happen that go beyond our masking and imagining and when we put that out there before god we were able to actually start having our church services here in the lower westchester area we've seen god bring people out to church that would not have even been reached out to if they hadn't been here with us if we hadn't been meeting here People that have just literally come and seen the church. So God's working, you know, and we've just seen him moving in amazing ways. But we have to just keep on praying and having a vision for the way God can help us do even more things, right? And we've sacrificed our time when we moved our service to 1245 in the afternoon. Some people think that's awesome. Other people are like, well, that's a big change in time, right? We sacrificed to even move our midweek to a Tuesday night when it was a Wednesday night forever and a day. I'm so encouraged by the heart and soul of every brother and sister that was willing to go on this journey with us and be so faithful about everything that God's been doing. And, you know, our mission is to win more people from the dark, right? To to build a thriving church, to to willing to move forward into Westchester like we did. We took our service out out of Lehman College. We've been there forever and a day, right? Comfortable, felt nice. Everybody knew us and liked us and loved us. But, you know... We, we, we took a chance, and God made some awesome things come out of it, right? You know, continue. we want to continue to advance under the, the, the direction and, and of our leadership as, as a church. Amen? So my first thing here is in Joshua chapter 1, I want to encourage us that we need to continue breaking out of our norm and really having a vision for how God can even help us to work with new leaders. So in Joshua chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1 is preceded by what? What happened before Joshua chapter 1 to Moses? Moses died. He was the leader. He took people out of slavery through a journey, 40 years, brought them to the the gate to the promised land, right? So Joshua chapter 1 in verse 1 says they're continuing. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give you, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, 
as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore their forefathers to give to them. Be very strong and courageous, because we be careful to obey all the law my, Moses, uh, my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord our God, your Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, in our hearts, don't we know the Lord our God is with us wherever we go? But aren't there times that we're scared? You know, aren't there times we're uneasy, uncertain, worried, anxious, right? What would God say to us? Be strong and courageous. God is with you. He's calling Joshua to lead the people. He's saying, be strong and courageous. This is, a, in other words, it's a call. It's an encouragement. It's an inspiration. Because who's actually leading the way? Is it Joshua? No, it's God leading the way. And, you know, for a time here, you've really let me lead and, you know, work with and, and take care of the church here. And uh, it's been exciting and encouraging, right? To see how God's worked in our lives. But we've got to have a bigger vision for how God's going to continue working in all of this, right? We need to be strong and courageous. We need to trust in God's leadership. And, you know, as we as the elders and evangelists, we, we're striving to come up with great plans to take care of our church. We need to encourage each other this way. Because sometimes we can be nervous. We can be anxious, right? So what do we got to say to each other? Be strong and courageous, right? You know, and in fact, in, in Joshua chapter 10, we know that even Joshua, at that point, turns around and says to the whole fellowship of Israelites, be strong and courageous, you know. Uh, you know, in other words, we can encourage each other. God's going to encourage us. But at times, our leadership is even going to encourage us, you know. And I don't know how you feel, but sometimes change isn't something we all love. You know that commercial, the Taco Bell commercial? Change is good. You know why that? That's about like cambio, right? Change, right? Not change. I don't rush into change. I'm not like someone that loves change. And in education, I see them always creating change in education. I'm like, it's just to sell more books and more workshops, and the pendulum's going to swing the other way. So I can be very dubious about change. But I know that in God's kingdom, when people have prayed and when people have talked and when people have discussed, and put it before God, that when we work out a plan that way, change is going to be awesome. And coming here was a good change. It put us out of a situation where we've been very comfortable. But even when we were coming here, we talked about God has a plan for the whole of Westchester to see an amazing thing happen beyond what we could ask or imagine. And that's what I see God being able to do. But we have to have a mindset that we're on a mission. We're not just trying to have church. This is not about just trying to have church, is it, brothers and sisters? This is about changing people's lives. This is about serving the poor. This is about serving the community. This is about being what Jesus called us to be. But we have to continue to have that spirit, the same spirit that caused everyone to be willing to upend their Sundays and change their midweeks and everything else under the sun is the same spirit that should drive us as we consider what else God can do with us. You know? I look over there, Bill, I still think about Bill's evangelistic dates, you know. He's on, he's, most dates are like, I want to go on a date and have time with the sisters. He's like, I want to go on a date and have an encouraging time, but I want to meet somebody open, right? That's like, that's a very different way to look at life, isn't it? Yeah, most of us, when we go on dates, do we, he doesn't do that on every date, because that would be weird. But he has, occasionally, he specifically has evangelistic dates. So I don't, don't do that all the time. But why am I telling you this is that for you and me, we need to grasp onto that idea that doing something different and out of the box can be amazing, you know? And we need to be even hoping that change will cause us to change. Because do we want to be static in our faith? Do we want to be the same way we are today as we're going to be in five years? 
We need to be more like Jesus. We need to be transformed. You want to grow up into the body. We want to become more like the head. We want to get into the mind, right? We want to be more useful. You shouldn't be satisfied just being, I'm a pinky in the body of Christ. I want to be an elbow. I want to be a shoulder. I want to grow up into the head. I want to help more people and, and be more useful to God. You know what I'm saying? So I want us to look at who were the people that were so faithful. Because remember, he was going to be leading the people, right? Well, look in Joshua chapter 3. If you go to the next picture, they're going to go across the Jordan. Now, if you look there, there's the, uh, the Jordan River is that blue thing going right down the middle. That on either side is like the floodplain of the Jordan River. And look where Jericho is, right? He's on the other side on that floodplain. If you go to the next picture, that's the Jordan at flood stage. So that's how much water. It's not a trickling stream. It's a rushing river. And I want you to think about who's the people that first got to step into this water. Look in Joshua chapter 3 in verse 14. So Joshua takes the charge and he goes around the camp and he inspires everybody. You know, we need to be able to be inspired by God's word and we need to be able to inspire each other in the same way. In Joshua chapter 3 and verse 14, it says, So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, notice who it is. The priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now, the Jordan is at the flood stage all during the harvest. Yet, as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, what happened? The water upstream. Oh, if we can go back to that other picture. Look where the town of Adam is, way up there. The the water piled up a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Araba, which is the Salt Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The people of faith were people that Joshua inspired, and they took the step of faith. See, see, this is the kind of thing that God can bless if we all take that same step of faith together. Even when there's the rushing river and the crazy flood stage, if you go back to the next one, okay, even when it's like that, being willing to step into what looks like a turmoil, what looks like turbulence, what looks like just faded to like completely take you away. You're just trusting, I'm going to put the next step out, and God's going to take care of that. You know, like that's my, my bellwether scripture is Matthew 6:33. Remember I told you that? Seek first his kingdom and his rights. That's like the roadmap for my life. I always put my foot out. God's going to put the next step there. He's going to direct me in the way that I need to go. My encouragement for us here. I'm making up a word, okay? Usuality. Let's break out of our usuality and step out on faith. There's things that we usually do. We need to have hearts that are willing to do something outside of that. It took that same spirit to come and have a heart for what we've been doing here. Amen? It took a vision. Even when there was uncertainty and and all kinds of questions, you were willing to trust and work with the situation And God blessed it, right? We've seen people become Christians, people coming back to church, wanting to get restored to God, other people that are eager to become Christians. We've seen Christians being built up. We've seen incredible services being done through hope and just so many things we've been able to do since we've been here. But it's because we didn't just stay, oh, I liked Lehman College, and therefore I'm not willing to change. I'm not willing to sacrifice. I'm not willing to get out of my comfort zone. That's getting out of your comfort zone, stepping into that, right? But it wasn't Joshua. It was the priests. And they listened to Joshua, and they trusted him. So as us, as Christians, we need to have that same heart, that we're not just going to wait for someone else to take the first step, that we're all going to step together. Amen? We're all going to have that heart. Well, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, in verse 17, uh, this is where we're uh, reading a little bit about the elders. The elders who direct the affairs of the church are well worthy of double honors, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. For the scriptures do not, says, do not muzzle the ox while it's treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. Well, what does it say the elders are able to do? To direct the affairs of the church, right? So, you see, the elders... We've gotten together, and we talked about this, and we prayed about this. We talked with the evangelists about this and really figured out what we think is the best plan 
to pursue with all of the Westchester County and having a vision for our mission. Because we could be like this and have a certain level of impact. But coming together affords us the opportunity to build a church. Not just to be a church, but to build a church. To train more people, to raise people up into the ministry. Haven't you guys seen that we've been able to help men and women come up into the ministry? Right? James and Zalika, they came through our ministry, came back into the ministry. Kosi, he made a professional decision, but he learned how to do the ministry here, right? Damon and Michelle, they told us, you guys taught us how to do ministry. This is a ministry that can encourage that. But we have an opportunity, if we open our minds up to a bigger picture, to raise up. There's so much new staff being trained right now, potential interns, things of that nature, that we need to have a heart to see if we open up our minds to how God can work if we come together with the Westchester ministry, we have to figure out the name. Maybe it'll just be the Westchester ministry and there'll be Lower Westchester and Northern Westchester. I don't know. Maybe it'll be the Greater Westchester ministry of the New York City Church of Christ. That's my crazy idea. But anyway, who knows what the name will be? But all I'm saying is God will bless it, but it will be blessed if our hearts are big in terms of trusting that the way the elders come together and think about these things isn't just off the cuff. It is, it's a prayerful, spiritual thing. And God puts the burden on us to make good decisions. We don't want to make decisions lightly. We don't want to make decisions in a, in a flash. We want to be sure of decisions that we're making. Amen? So what are some of the advantages? How is this going to strengthen us? Well, Jim's going to be leading this. He's going to be our evangelist. Amen? Amen? And you've got an evangelist and an elder working together. And this is Jim's job, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Um, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who judged the living and the dead, and the view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, Jim, right, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. That's the charge that Jim took when he became an evangelist in God's church. Amen? And he's lived it out. And he's striven to be that way inspire the church to stand up for the truth to defend it and to defend christians and to inspire other people to want to become christians that's like grow the church right well the the job of an elder it says in acts chapter 20 was to watch over the health of the church it says in acts chapter 20 verse 28 this is a charge that paul says to the elders that came to meet him keep watch over yourselves which is each other and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. His heart for the elders was Watch over the church. Make sure it's doing great. Help it to be healthy. Help it to be strong. You know, protect it from things that could come along and take it apart, right? So on a, that level, we, we're just in a better situation right from the start. Amen? We've got an elder and evangelist working together. This is a model that everybody else wants to have. Our prayer is that every single ministry has this going on at the top level. And it's so encouraging because... There are more men being appointed and being considered for these kinds of roles. God's raising up people for this situation to help the church be able to take care of growing it and making sure it's healthy, you know, thinking these things through. But on a practical level, our children's ministries get to work together. The kids get to have more relationships with other kids. And we can coordinate our Sunday services. We can figure out different things like that. Um, many of you know and love T.J. Parisi, right? He was here for a time, and he and Dame, remember Damon raised him up and trained him, and then he went to help Westchester. Well, you know, the prayer is that, that youth and family is his passion. Right now he's kind of wearing two hats. 
the prayer is that he could be able to focus on that. Now, Carrie is officially, that's where her responsibility, sorry, I just want to make sure I wasn't. Yeah, so she's got two hats too right now. All I'm saying is TJ and this other sister, Carrie, they've been working with two ministries. Our hope is that we can let them just work with the youth and family, and some of these people that are training in the ministry could be hired into the role of campus ministry leaders. But why am I telling you this? If you have young kids or youth and family type kids, you know what it's like to try to figure out how to meet their needs and everything. And somebody that has, this is their, uh, their, their focus, can ju- all it can do is make it better. You know what I'm saying? Make it stronger, you know? And we, we haven't had a campus ministry ever. We've tried, but we've never had one. But guess what we get out of all of this? A campus ministry. And my hope and prayer is that we'll be able to hire interns to train in that. And that so the model that we can look towards that has done this is Jersey. Jersey had to bring far more people together and a lot more different thoughts and a lot more geography. But since they've done it, they've raised up two evangelists and their their wives into the ministry. They've um, got interns training in the ministry. Uh, Their church is really striving. There's like 600 Christians. There's like 900 people coming out on a Sunday. All I'm saying is a lot of good things have been coming out of what the New Jersey ministry did. And this is something that we considered when we were looking at the situation here. So um, the EDGE ministry, I know being in the coal, right? They've been very excited to, like, embrace the EDGE ministry. And Kevin's basically worked himself out of a job with his Bible talk. He's been training Bill how to lead a Bible talk. And Kevin's like, Bill knows what he's doing. The sisters, they don't come to me anymore. They go to Bill, you know. And that's good because, in other words, He's really risen to that position where they see him as a man that's really capable to take care of it and lead it. And that's encouraging. But we get a chance to have some uh, more of that kind of edge ministry thing going on in our, in our church. The marriage, it's just going to be a lot more opportunities for fellowship. I mean, one sister came over to our house Saturday morning. She hung out for several hours. She just wanted to hang out. And you're going to find his brothers and sisters in your backyard. And who knows what kind of fellowship might come out of this. We're going to discuss ideas and plans as to how we can make that even better. I know we suggested things. I do think, find out, are there Christians in your neighborhood that you could have fellowship with even now? Start building these relationships up and seeing what God can do through all of it. Amen? Now, as far as how we're trying to think it through, we just made this huge push for the event at the end of this month. We invited everybody in Pelham to church. We sent out 5,000 mailings to the neighborhood. We've been getting lots and lots of emails back of people wanting to come to the dinner dance and the event from that. So Jim's like, we just made a big push to be, it would make sense to just not be here November 7th. Do you know what I'm saying? Or November 6th. That, that just wouldn't make sense because you're, you're making a big push. He's like, why don't you take advantage of the momentum that's been built with this and continue on here for, you know, the time. And then really we both have different holiday traditions. We may have some combined services going on before this, but we have holiday traditions where there's things that we do. So, And then the beginning of January, Jim's out of town. So this is something that we're going to discuss the exact date, but it'll either be the middle of January or the first Sunday in February where we'll actually inaugurate this new ministry. Amen? So that's exciting. We need to really be praying towards that and working towards it. At Along the way, we're going to have different kinds of meetings and devotionals to get the Bible talk leaders together. We'll get the core leadership groups together. We may be able to get the whole church together. We've got this whole space downstairs empty on a Saturday night. Who knows? Maybe we could do some fun frolics or something and get everybody. I know. Jim does some crazy parties. He'll tell you. Back in the day, I still remember a party he did down at Union Square that it was amazing. I won't tell you what Jim crashed, but Jim crashed something into something, and nobody believed Jim did it. So he got, he was a truth or consequence kind of guy. But uh, it was pretty exciting stuff. So why am I telling you this is all of this will lead to us coming together, building more unity, building more relationships, building more friendships, Um, you know. And we can explore other models. I know you guys are approaching things. Jersey wound up doing things that they're doing over a period of years. It wasn't something that they woke up and had their model of what works for them. 
So we can explore models of Bible talks in midweeks, but that's something that we're not going to change. We're still going to have our midweek service here. Amen? And we're going to have our Sunday service in Manhattanville starting in the middle of January or the first Sunday in February. We're going to arrive on a definite date soon enough, but it'll be there, and that'll be Sunday mornings at 10. Now, I'm going to pray, and I want you to pray, that God could bless us with a space that could be our Sunday space, it could be a Tuesday space, it could be a Thursday space, it could be a Saturday space. You know, it could be a space. In other words, our space in Westchester County kind of plant our flag, because I feel like you know what it's felt like to have a space, right? It's, it's cool, right? We get to store our stuff. This is like our space. I want you guys to pray that God will give us a space like that that will meet all of our needs for min- the whole of Westchester. We could do teen events there. We could Maybe there would be a basketball court. Pray for it. You don't know what God could do. Maybe a basketball court. Who knows what could be there, right? Abdul's like, yeah, man, I can shoot my four-pointers, right? He actually, if there was a four-point range, Abdul would be able to get it. I was at that game. It was amazing. Now, some of you might be thinking, I have a home somewhere else. So what did Joshua say to those who already had a home? Well, look in Joshua chapter 1 in verse 12. So there were some people among the people of Israel that had possessions. If you go back two slides, the, the next slide back, that one. They had possessions on the east side of the Jordan. They had land that was given to them already. So think about it. They already had land that they could take possession of, right? But they're all expected to go across that Jordan River, right? This is what uh, Jordan, uh, Joshua says to them. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 12, But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord your God has given you rest and has granted you this land, the land they're in. They haven't crossed the Jordan yet. Your wives and your children and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead of your brothers, You are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. Some of us might be like, oh, I got me a home, and I'm thinking about my home. Guess what? You know where Andy and I actually live? The Bronx. <gasps> Geographic divide. No. God called us to be in this ministry how many years ago, right? And God is using us to be in this ministry all these years, right? I don't want to think of myself as I'm a zip code or a geographic area. I want to have a mindset of a mission, right? Of believing that God's going to take this church in Westchester to the next level. That we're going to go from 300 brothers and sisters, to a thousand brothers and sisters. That's Jim's prayer. Jim's heart is to see God do amazing things in our county and not just be having church, but making a difference. You know, but I'll tell you the truth. Most of my neighbors don't want to admit they live in the Bronx either. They say, I live in Woodlawn. It's like Riverdale. They don't say the Bronx. So why am I telling you this? People have come to church with me here that for their own worldly thinking would not come to church at Lehman College. Even though Lehman College was a beautiful facility, that's the Bronx. I don't go to the Bronx. That's just the way people think sometimes, right? And we need to have a heart to understand God's going to use us, but even if you've got a home somewhere else and you're tempted, oh, I'm that, I want to encourage you, have the mission mindset, that spirit of what will God do next? Where will God take his church? You know, I want to encourage you that if you've seen this Lower Westchester ministry and you've seen the vision and excitement of taking chances, because when we came here, we were going completely out of the box. Sam was like, you guys are so outside of the box, it's going to blow up in your face. But you can try it. He's just like, he was pretty sure this is going to be intense because you're going to an afternoon service and, and meeting in this facility with the questions that people had about everybody here and all the drama, right? It was kind of like, ooh, you're going to have a problem. God has taken that chance and used it in amazing ways. I want to encourage you, if you've seen that kind of 
heart, in you, cause yourself to have a bigger vision for what God can do. I want to stay with us on this journey. You haven't seen anything yet as to what God's going to do. And my encouragement would be come on this faith journey, I'm calling it, that mission. See what God will do with over 300 disciples coming together in a faithful vision of what God will do when we come together with a common dream and a common goal and hope for the lost souls of Westchester. Amen? I appreciate that. So, um, Jim would like to, to pray. And we got one more big bonus out of this is we get, like, a singer who's actually put out records or CDs. Whatever you call it now. She's recorded because they don't make records anymore. She's a recorded artist. And so Jim's going to lead us in a prayer right now. Teresa's going to sing a song, and we're going to have some closing announcements. Well, I am uh, thrilled to be here. Very, very excited about uh, what God has in store. And um, as Kevin said, these things have not been done quickly. Uh, many, many hours of prayer uh, have gone into these decisions by the elders and the senior leadership group. And uh, I'm just really proud of what you guys have been able to accomplish uh, being here and uh, really not having full-time staff, uh, really trusting in God, really going to God with your faith and your vision and seeing all that God has done. It's been, ama- it's been amazing. So uh, I-, I feel like uh, we're, we're going to be an incredible group together. Uh, there's just so many things coming together under God's authority and how God works things. God works things so much better than anything we could ever imagine. And that, that's the prayer here that Paul prayed uh, for the church uh, in Ephesus. Um, if you're in Ephesians 3, verse 14, this entire passage is a prayer. Uh, we tend to quote it to ourselves to encourage one another, and that's right to do. But we forget the context of this. It's actually a prayer. And it's a prayer for a church. And, of course, Ephesus uh, was a large church in a very worldly area. Uh, sound familiar? We will be a large church in a very worldly area. Um, I, when I first moved here, I was told that uh, 287 was called the Platinum Mile. And I go, why is it called the Platinum Mile? Because so many Fortune 500 companies are headquartered there, uh, including Pepsi-Cola and um, Xerox. Yes. And what else am I forgetting? Star West. Or I'm sorry. Uh, Starwood Hotels, Nine West. IBM, MasterCard. Well, anyway. Paul thought the church needed a great prayer. And here's his prayer starting in verse 14. It says, For this very reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. So that's his heart. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And isn't this God's heart for us? To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Only God knows what's going to accomplish through this. But I did want to thank Kevin just for all that he's done. uh, Just all the leadership that he is. The blood, sweat and tears. I I get teased a lot about my name. You did that. That didn't occur to you. Uh, my official name is actually James Brown. I get teased a lot about that name. I don't look like James Brown. 
I don't dress like James Brown. And so people say, do you feel good? Ow! Um, but they say that James Brown was the hardest working man in show business. I'd say Kevin Finnerty is the hardest working man in the entire New York City Church of Christ. I can't keep up with him. So I'm just really grateful, Kevin, for uh, all your leadership, your heart, all that you uh, have done for years and years and years and years that you've been a Christian. I don't even know how many years you've been a Christian, but I think Methuselah was a teenager then, something like that. Um, Let's all stand up. Let's pray. Obviously, we don't have all the answers. We're praying that God will make this transition as smooth as possible, that God will really bless us in every single stage of this. So I know that there'll be a lot of questions out there, and I just, I know that Kevin would be with me on this. Please be patient. Kevin won't have the answers. I won't have the answers. I do know that God does, but I think that God will reveal stuff over a period of time, so the big thing is to be patient. That's the big, big thing. And to just trust in God, continue to love your neighbor, love God, reach out, share your faith, invite people to church, pray for this marriage weekend that has the potential to literally change lives. And let's just go and be an amazing, amazing church for Jesus. Let's pray. God and Father, we are so very, very grateful to you. There is no one like you. There is no one who has created heaven and earth out of nothing except you. Father, you are so powerful. Everything we see, the blue sky, the white clouds, this amazing earth, were made out of nothing simply by your command. As we look and we see the tens of billions, and now we understand that it's trillions of galaxies out there. We're just standing in awe. Man knows nothing in comparison to you. Just last year, we thought there were only 100 billion galaxies. Now it's a trillion or more. Father, we are humbled by everything you've created around us. Father, we are also so humbled to know that we can be in your kingdom. Who are we to deserve forgiveness? We don't deserve any forgiveness for what we've done. We have been enemies of yours, and yet you and all your intense love for us have laid down your life for us through your Son, Jesus. We do not deserve the Holy Spirit. We do not deserve any gifts from you. And yet you have not only taken our sins away as the East is from the West, but you've given us the power of the Holy Spirit to dwell in our lives, to give us the power to change, the power to say no to sin, the power to trust the power to love, the power to walk like Jesus. We are so grateful for that power. Father, forgive us when we neglect it. Forgive us when we forget we have that power. Help us, inspire us, motivate us to just walk by faith and live in that power. Father, we want so badly to live like Jesus. We want Jesus' life to be fully expressed through us so that we can be Little Jesus is walking all over the place here in Westchester County. Father, I just appreciate so much how you move us in different ways. And and sometimes it's scary to go into that valley. But, Father, we know that it's not all valleys. We know that there are mountaintop experiences, too. And if we lived only on the mountaintop, we wouldn't appreciate it. And so we go through the valleys as well. Father, help us as we transition from being in a comfortable situation to being in a new situation. We know that you have far greater things in store for us. We can't even imagine what you have in store for us. To be able to join forces and be a church of over 300 Jesuses. Father, we're just amazed that you are giving us this opportunity. Bless us. Calm our hearts. I know that our enemy, the devil, will look to divide. I know he will look to to plant seeds of doubt and suspicion and questions and anxiety and stress and all kinds of things that we deal with on a normal basis. Father, we pray that we can go to you in faith, on our knees, trusting in you, begging for power from you to be able to to trust in every situation, 
Everything will work out. We know that because you are leading. You are in charge of this. This is not man doing this. This is all you. Father, we're just so grateful to be able to pray to the Creator of the universe, the Lord God Almighty, the King of kings and Lord of lords, Creator of heaven and earth and everything else. We are so in awe of you. Thank you for being in our lives. Thank you for leading us through thick and thin, for rich or for poor, in sickness and in health. And Father, we pray that we will be faithful until death do us part. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Teresa is going to lead us in a song right now. Can we have the singers come up? Yeah, if we get all the singers up to the front, please. dreamers around here, right? So Kevin wanted me to sing Men Who Dream because we're going to get a new dream together. All right. Captives came back into Zion from their freedom came a like the desert and we stumbled on the stream and found revival in the water we became like men who dream and yes our mouths were filled with laughter and our songs rushed like the stream where we washed our scars under, we became like men who dream. It shall be said among the nations, there's a God who says our dream. The Spirit moves a generation, shed your tears and fill the stream. Shedding tears that flood the thirsty waters, man, dream. We are planting seeds of man, dream. God has done great things among us in every eye. Now shines a gleam. A spark of light reveals the wonder we became like men who dream. It shall be said among the nations, there's a God who shares our dream. The Spirit moves a generation, shed your tears and fill the stream. Manhood dream. We are shedding tears that flood the thirsty waters. Manhood dream. We are planting seeds of manhood dream. So let us go. Into the nation, plunging souls into that stream, and singing songs that tell the angels where became the man, oh, man, oh.
planting seeds that flood the sea waters, man, who dream. We are planting seeds of men who dream. We are the men who dream. We are shedding tears of blood, the thirsty waters, men who dream. We are planting seeds of men who dream. Amen. 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 So, guys, um, whew, was Teresa fired up or what? Let's just sit down for a moment. Just some closing announcements. What would church be without announcements? It wouldn't be church. Okay. Um. So, um, first of all, guys, when the parking lot is full, we cannot park in spots that aren't parking spots. It's been happening. There's two streets. If the parking lot is full, you just literally go right out the exit, make a right. The first street on your left, is, it's free parking. So you go half a block up, turn left. If the parking lot's full, please don't fill it up because what happens then is afterwards, Nobody can get out, and if there's ever an emergency, nobody could get out. So, can we uh, can we have an amen on that? Amen. The solution is when the lot's full, go right out the exit, turn right. It's half a block up, turn left. All the parking there is free, and it's there's no restrictions or anything like that. If you're interested in a spot with a line, right over here is the Metro North parking, half a block away. And it's free in the evenings and on Sundays. So if you'd rather a line spot with little lines and you don't got to try parallel parking, go. And some of you guys don't know how to parallel park. Yes. Okay. If there's a cone there, don't decone it. Um, now, this Friday night, Jim and Teresa will be at the event at Pelham High School for the Marys. I'm going to be at an Africa Missions Association conference. Like Jim said, that's just how busy I am. But I won't be there Friday night. I'll be there Saturday. But Jim's going to be there. Jeff Sackinger's doing the workshop with Florence. It's about keeping the romance in your marriage. Guys, any of us that are here and are in a marriage, we can get something good out of that. And we've got a lot of people coming, but I'm sure even if you ask the last person moment, yeah, I've been having great conversations at work just sharing my faith about this. I found a guy actually lives in Pleasantville, and he's looking for a church. And so, right? That's where Jim lives. So um, now, so it's Friday night, 7.30, Pelham High School, the auditorium. Andy needs some help Saturday morning, 9.30, setting up the whole downstairs for the dinner dance. Can you please raise your hand? Where did my wife go? If you can help her Saturday morning at 9.30 to do some setup, please raise your hand, and she will be writing this down. So Kevin can help, Geneva, and I'm sorry, Geneva's, Janelle, oh, Janelle, oh, you're, oh, you're awesome. You're encouraging everybody these days, sister. Uh, Daisy, and then um, Kenny, thank you, and then we got some help over there. And we may need a couple of more men, but I wish I could be there to do that. But if there's a couple more brothers that could pony up Saturday morning, 930, going once, going twice, Danny will help. Amen. Uh, Joaquin will help. Amen. Thank you so much. So that's great. Uh, the dinner dance is 6 o'clock here. Okay. We're going to have dinner. We're going to have a DJ. We're going to have awesome lights and effects and music. And it's going to be a great thing. And it's going to look so amazing. So we really want to encourage you to come. But if you're coming to the dinner dance and you haven't yet sent an email, who are you going to email? Kevin Davis at creativedisciplewoodak.com at gmail.com. Uh, Sunday, Jeff will be preaching here this Sunday. It's going to be awesome. And we'll have Florence do something for us as well on Sunday so everybody gets a chance to, to benefit from them being with us on Sunday. It's going to be great. Um, and... Uh, we want to make an announcement. The food drive on Sunday, we took a food drive up to help replenish their pantry. The, the church here is just very grateful for everything we donated, and it was an amazing 
turnout. Those of you saw how much stuff was put back there. Amen. And uh, who knows what the last day on Sunday is for the men's retreat registration. If you want to register for the men's retreat, you need to be prepared on Sunday to register. It's $145 for the weekend. And that includes the meals and snacks and everything. We have classes on Saturday morning. I believe Jim's even able to come up and be. He can't be at the whole thing because he's got something going on Sunday. But he'll be with us like Friday and and Saturday. He'll be doing one of our classes for us as well. Amen. And hanging out with us and fellowshipping with us and doing all the things we do Friday night, hanging out, playing games and talking and all that kind of stuff. Um, please come prepared to register and have a roommate. Checks or cash is what's being accepted. We don't process credit cards. Okay. Now, on a different and sort of somber note, or encouraging in certain respects, but it, I was kind of, wow. Anyway, um, Kosi called me up this afternoon, and uh, he said, uh, I got something to tell you. I wanted to try to get with you early on Sunday, and I couldn't. And, um, basically, he's been offered an amazing job at EA Arts, but it's in Orlando, Florida. And uh, so it's very encouraging, the awesomicity of the job. I'm very shocked because I feel like he's become an integral part of our church here. And, and Lauren as well. They've just been such an encouraging couple. Their heart of service, their joy, uh, the, what they've meant to their Bible talk and to everyone around the church has been amazing. So I'm going to miss them terribly. We are going to figure out some way to honor and encourage them. But he just told me today. So... He didn't want me to find out from somebody else, so he had to tell me. So um, so uh, he said he'd get up here himself, but we know what might happen if Kosey uh, got up here. There wasn't enough Kleenex for what might happen if Kosey got up here. So he just wants to let you guys know how very great and precious this ministry is in his heart. He feels like God's just used this ministry in amazing ways to build him and give him a great life and a great wife and a great walk with God. So he's just grateful, but we will be figuring out something to do to honor and encourage them going forward. Amen? And um, I think that's it. Um, We had church, right? You feel you've been churchified? I hope you've been inspired, encouraged, and are going to have that vision. Amen? Amen? Love you guys. Have a good time of fellowship.